0: Good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you find this video. I hope all of you are doing well. Tonight, we're going to be learning Maseches Sukkah, Daf Nun Gimel. And we're starting about 10 lines or so from the bottom of Nun Beis, Amud Beis, at the two dots, the two dots that begins with Arba Sulamos, the four ladders. The prior Mishnah had mentioned that there were these very, very tall candelabra. When the Simchas Beis HaShoeva was going on, it had four major buckets of oil and, and uh, wicks within them. And they were very tall and therefore lit up a lot of the courtyards around Yerushalayim. We're going to be discussing that. And we'll be uh, discussing many other parts of the Mishnah as well. We're actually going to stop at the Mishnah midway through Nun Gimel and Beis. And then we'll get a clean start for tomorrow night's stop. Says the Gemara, uh, again, ten lines from the bottom, nun beizem arba sulamos tana. There is a brisa that writes shel menorah chamishim ama. These were extremely tall menorahs, candelabras that totaled approximately seventy-five feet tall, which obviously is extremely tall. The arba shel pirchei kahuna uvidem kade shemen shel esrim log. So there were two possible ways to understand the mishnah. The mishnah had indicated that the jugs that they were carrying held one hundred and twenty log. of uh, of oil, the question was asked in yeshiva, was the total volume of liquid for any one candelabra, was the total volume um, that there's 120 for all four, namely, would it be 30 in each one, or that each one was 120. So says the Gemara, Tashma, we have a Brysa that very clearly answers that question. shloshim shloshim log, kulam log, an extremely clear answer to the question that these candelabra were 50 amos tall, there were four buckets of oil on top, and each of those buckets held 30 log of oil, with a wick in them that we said the other day was made from the blay kohanim, from the clothes of kohanim that were worn out, and that's what provided the light during the simchas beis ha Tana, the Brysa writes, mishu bachin ha-yu yo sir shall marta bin baitus and they were more impressive they were more meshubach, more praiseworthy than the sons of marta bas baitus what is this talking about six lines from the bottom or so nun bays on the says the gamuro amru al albana shall marta bas baitus they said about the son of marta bas baitus sha ya notel stay shall shor hagado shall akakh be elafzus He was able to carry two of the thighs, these massive legs of these animals, of a shore. Not a small animal. We're talking about a bull. We're talking about a cow. And he would carry them. They were expensive. They were elefzus. He would take them with very small steps. And he was very strong, showing that he was able to carry them. However... His brothers, uh, the other Kohanim, did not allow him to do this, mishum b'rovam hadras melech. As we've learned previously, when the Korban tamid was brought, uh, the many parts of the animal were put up on the kevesh, and they were then brought very methodically and in a very Mesudar way to the Mizbeach. And because of the principle of Barovam hadras melech, that when all of the limbs of the animal are brought together in a unified form, that would be considered proper. So therefore, they didn't allow the, the children of Baitus to do this. Either way, uh, we see that from the story of Baitus, uh, they were very, very strong people. So what then did the Gemara mean when it said that the Pirchei Kahuna, the children who were climbing these ladders, were greater than um, than the children of Baitus? In what way were they more praiseworthy? If you want to say it's because of expense, well, of Zuz is much more expensive than the oil. Then these... Um, these uh, Yerechos Shelshor were much more expensive. Ela says the Gemara, Hasam in one case, in one case, we're talking about a ramp lowly to the ground, and, Hacha sulamos tuva. and here they had to climb a much higher ladder. If you can imagine climbing a 75 foot ladder, that requires a tremendous degree of balance and an even greater degree of courage. Uh, not a simple thing to do. I would imagine they didn't have the types of harnesses that we now have in our. Uh, and our safety protocols for window washers, etc. So they were considered greater. At the very bottom line of Nudbensud Bayes, we continue analyzing the mission of Aloha Chatzav Yerushalayim. We had said that in the in the times of the Simchas Beis Asheruva, when the lamps were lit, that it provided light for all of the yards that surrounded Yerushalayim. And in fact, so much so, says the Gemara Tana, we have a b'risa that indicates top of Nun Gimel Aleph, What does the b'risa say? Isha haisa Boreres Chitim, or Shall Beis It was enough light that she would be able to sift through um, she'd be able to sift through chitim for the good parts and for the bad parts, for the chaff, or maybe looking maybe looking for the bugs, whatever it may be. So that is what the Gemara says uh, was the level of brightness. The Gemara continues on Nun Gimel Amad'al, of two lines down, chasidim what about these people who used to dance? And they used to sing uh, shiros Bachos? what did they say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What were they saying during the Simchas Be'es And the Gemara says, Tanu Rabana, Yesh mehen omrem Ashle yaldu baisha ziknu senu, Those who were righteous would say of themselves, um, Praiseworthy was our childhood, that it didn't embarrass our adulthood, namely that they were free of sin. And the Gemara specifically calls them out. Those were the righteous. Those were the pious ones. The Yesh, Mehan Omrim, and there are others. This is our camp. Praiseworthy is our old age in that it was able to generate kapara for our mistakes in our youth. These are people who have to repent because they've made errors. I don't know what the level of Ashkacha practice is when it comes to uh, Gemara and then relating to what's going on during the day. It does seem to be with a very high level of correlation, but uh, of no surprise, this is perfect for the first day of Slichos as it relates to uh, our approach toward Rosh Hashanah. That those who are balechuva uh, those are they're they're making a correction, not a mistake, and those are things that we need to be focused on. And both of them elu elu. Both groups would say both the anshe Maisa and the balechuva would say, <clears throat> Yes, it's definitely better to not have done any Averas, <inaudible> However, if a person does make an error, there is a recourse. They're not permanently, uh, they're not permanently going to be punished for it. So the Gemara says, Yashuv, you should do chuva. And then with simplicity, the Gemara says, cholo <inaudible> mechila. You'll get mechila. We know this. These are the guarantees of tshuva. If that, if a person makes an error and uh, they then ask with, uh, with in a heartfelt way to say, I made a mistake and I'd like to get mechila. I'm sorry. We spoke about these words of We spoke about these words of pashati in increasing gradations of severity. Nevertheless, uh, a wonderful message to align with the first day of slichos as we approach Rosh Hashanah. Eight lines down in Tanya, the Bryce writes, Amru When he was uh, showing his happiness with the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, Omar came. He would say the following, a very well-known line from Hillel. And the Gemara says, If I am here, then everything is here. And if I am not here, then rhetorically, who could be here? Now Rashi here indicates something that we don't often uh, know about. When we hear people giving this to our Torah, they often don't give it with the lens of Rashi. Take a look at Rashi on the third line down. That people should not do Averos in the name of Hashem. Hakolkan This is a Kaddish Baruch Hu talking. The entire time that I a Kaddish Baruch Hu, am in that house, and this will be great. If I, if you're welcoming me in your house, if you're not going to do too many aviras, everything is going to be fine. But if there are a lot of averas, then that's going to be p- problematic, and that's the last part of Rashi. And if you do perform a lot of a lot of averas, then I'll remove my shechina from there, and then your house is just going to be a frame. It's just going to be a bunch of bricks, and no one's going to have any interest. So that's a. We, it sounds like a spin, but it's actually seemingly the pastus of the Gemara of what imani Khan kolkan actually means. Huhaya Omer and then at the same time we also add in the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, L'makom Shani Ohev. To uh, so the place that I love, that is where I will go. I have a proclivity, I have a, a, a bent toward a certain place. If you come to my house, if you come to the Beis to the Shul, to the Beis Medrash, I'll come to your house and my Shechina will dwell upon you. But if if you don't bother showing up, if you're not going to become a regular, become a statue and become a fixture in the Beis Medrash, to have a Makam Kavua and all the other things that uh, come along with base medrash life so then it's not a question of like punishment it's just the nature of the relationship which is that if you're focused on him they'll be focused on you like a simple level of reciprocity, Kaviyachal, is that if you show him that Kavad, he's going to want to be with you. So if you come to his house, he'll come to yours. Shene how do we know this is true two lines before the very wide lines? Wherever my name is mentioned, I'll come to you and give you a bracha. And then the Gemara quotes uh, seemingly out of left field. We'll connect them shortly. Af hu ro'o gilgoles achas shitsafa hayam. Um, uh, this is talking about Hillel, he uh, saw floating in the water, the skull of a particular person. This particular person was a Russian Marusha and he was a known killer. Um, because you drowned other people, you were drowned. Um, those who drowned you, yetufun, they will also be drowned. It's going to be midah, can me they're going to get punished as well. Um, Amar Rav, Rav Yochanan, says, raglohi bar inish, inun the legs of a person. The Raglohi debar Inish, those are Arvin; those are guarantors that will make sure that you end up where you need to be when it is when it comes to the day that the person will Rachmanolitzlan pass away, and the Gemara tells the story accordingly. Three lines down in the wide lines, one third of the way down, Nun Gimel Kame Shlomo. There were two people from Kush who were near Shlomo Hamelech, and the pasuk uh, refers to them as Eli Choref b'nei Shisha Sofrim. They were so from, and to Shlomo Hava they were near Shlomo. So basically what happened was as follows. Yomachad one day, Chaziah, Shlomo saw the to have a call you. So the was upset. Why would the Malachamavis be upset? He's got one job and he's very good at it. So, what's the problem? Why are you so upset? Shlomo said to the Malachamavis. And the Gemara responds I need from you I need to kill these two people in a very specific spot. And that very specific spot is not here. So, I can't kill them. So then, out of sheer concern for these two people, Shlomo tried to play the Malach So here's what he did. Masrin hu la-si'irim, he gave them to si'irim, which normally are animals, but in context here, as we've seen this language before, it's a reference to shadim. He gave them over to shadim because he had control in that realm, again, above our pay grade. Shadrin hu de Luz, and he sent them to the city of Luz, the problem was as follows. When they got close by, these two people ended up falling. Literally, they ended up dying. That's, they died. They got killed. Oh, the story continues. The next day, Shlomo saw the Malach again. He saw that the Malach was laughing. He saw that he was in a very good mood. Chipper. Woke up on the right side of the bed. What are you so happy about? What's the, what's Why is today such a good day? because, and this is where we learn the esotra, the place where I needed these people to be, you sent them straight to me. This is when Shlomo taught this very deep idea, again, very hard to understand, but he said as follows, the legs of a particular person are the guarantor's bay, to make sure that they show up to the place that they need to end up, your legs will end up taking that person there, where a person is supposed to pass away. You'll end up where where you're supposed to pass away, whatever it is it is. Again, I think there's a lot more going on here, uh, but on the surface, uh, this is the story that the Gemara tells. Halfway down, going back to the Simchas, Beis Hashueva, Nun Gimel, Amr Aleph. Tanya, the Brisa, writes, Amru Aleph al-Rib Shimon ben Gamliel, when he was showing his level of happiness about the Simchas Beis He would take eight torches. He would throw one up and then catch another one. They didn't even touch one another. Eight clear lines of throwing, an eight, an eight, uh, uh, an eight torch juggle, which is very impressive. And when he was doing another action where he was when he would be like Mishtachave, bowing down, the Gumar is going to describe this in more detail. What would he do? No it's shne god he'd take his two thumbs and he'd press them down on the ground. this um, shoke, and then he would, with his legs straight, according to some abortion, basically it was super flexible. The no shek has a okay. Wow. I don't know a lot of people who can do that. They put their thumbs down to balance them, and they were able to get their head all the way to the ground and then flatten out their face enough to kiss the ground, the zokef, and then straighten out again. We don't need the Gemara to tell us that, but not many people can do that. The zohi kida, this was a specific type of hishtachavaya that's referred to as kida. Levi tried to do this in front of Rebbe, and he got injured. Why was he trying to do this in front of Rebbe? Because Rebbe had the weight of the world on his shoulders. The 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 Bale Eta, the people to whom communities turn to, they carry a lot of burden. They carry the burdens of all of their congregants and of all of their friends and of all of their families and of all of Khlaisra. So Rebbe had a, it was a tough day for him that day. So Levi was trying to entertain him a little bit and he got hurt. A little anticlimactic. Says the Gemara, Paha you think it's because. He tried to do this acrobatic move where he folded himself in half while still standing. That's why he got hurt. No, we know why Levi got hurt, says the Gemara. A person should not give complaints upward toward a Baruch. Once there was a time, there was a person who once said something negatively toward Hashem, and he got injured. Who was that Manu? that was Levi. so says the gemara don't tell me Levi got hurt because he tried to do this thing to please Rebbi to... that's not what happened the reason he got hurt is because he complained to akadosh baruch we should try to avoid that the attitude of gratitude it's usually the way to go and complaining it doesn't really have the right results so Levi got punished for that not for the not for the acrobatic move of kida says the gemara no really Hava the they were really two sides of the same coin he did do something wrong he complained and the way in which he was given his consequence was through the Effort of trying to um, trying to help Rebbe and he then um, he then got injured. The Gamar continues with Levi, Levi de Bitamne Sakine. He was a knife juggler. He would go uh, with eight knives, he would do, do the same thing. We've seen this before at, at birthday parties, etc. And Shmuel Shavor Malka, Shmuel in front of, of Shmuel, Malka, what would he do? mazge with 10 glasses of wine. That's impressive. How do you throw those to make to make sure the wine doesn't fall out? That's a good question. Abaye came to Rava. Bitmanya be'e. He would juggle eight eggs. la No, he was only juggling four. Back to uh, another story about Simchas Beis HaShueva. Tanya, Amar Rabbi Yeshua Ben Hananya, Kshahinu Smeichim Simchas Beis HaShueva, when we were um, celebrating, says Rabbi Yeshua Ben Chananya, the Simchas Beis HaShueva, Lo ra'inu shena be'einenu, we didn't even sleep, we were awake the entire time. Ketzad, what was the schedule of the day that you didn't sleep for seven days? So the Gemara gives a replica, an, an approximate template of what each day would look like. Sha'arishona, right in the morning, first thing, Tamit Shel Shachar. After that, Misham Tfila, and then Misham L'Korban Mosav, would Bring the korban musaf, misham le tvi musaf, and then we daven musaf, misham le beis Then we'd have morning seder, misham la chilus shi'ah. We'd have the suddah suddah of the day, misham le tvi las Then we daven mincha, misham le tamishal ben or abayim. Then we bring the korban in the afternoon. We can be elach simchas beis hashreve. But we were up all night. We never slept for seven days. We didn't sleep. Says that's impossible. It's impossible physically, obviously, but it's also impossible from a halacha can says the Gemara as follows. Aini, is that true? We're about 10, 12 lines from the bottom of the page, middle of the line. The Amar Rebbe Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, if a person makes a Shavua, shua Shelo Ishan Shelo I'm going to make a Shavua that I'm not going to sleep for... Uh, uh, for three days. So the halacha is that that shavuah is invalid. You you get malkos for that shavuah and you can go straight to sleep. Your shavuah is nachal and you violated an Isra of making a shavuah. So you get punished. So what do we see from there? It can't be that you're able to stay awake for seven days because we see that halachically speaking, you have malkos for even committing to three, which means that no one can stay up that long. The reason why you're getting malkos is because we assume that three days is an impossibility. So the Gemara then answers, you're absolutely right. Elahachi ka'am, we didn't really get a good nap. You know the difference when you wake up from a nap that's kishmak and you just kind of nod it off for a couple of minutes. They would kind of lean up against each, other, each other's shoulders. Um uh, in order to just uh, catch a wink here and there, but they were not really taking full all-on naps. At the two dots, about nine lines from the bottom of the page, Chamesh Yisrael we know that there were 15 steps uh, from the Ezra Yisrael, it was a little bit higher, the left side, as we call it, the west of, of the Beis HaMikdash, where the Heichal was and where the Mizbeach was. So there, all of that was elevated 15 steps higher than the Ezras Nashim. And we know that they went down the steps from the higher place where the, where the Mizbeach was. Then they went down the steps, 15 steps to the Ezras Nashim. Then they continued out east. We'll discuss that more in a couple of minutes. But the Gemara says they went down 15 steps. Amar le'Rav Chiza. Rav ask, asked a question to someone in his shear, la'ahu midirah for one of the rabbis, the Havakam Asadar, for someone who was holding and learning, he knew all of the Agathas so says the Gemara, a little gears to change here did you hear these 15 steps can I give me Amram David in regards to what David said them? what do the 15 represent so we, we don't know. We know that the last 15 prakim that David said are all Shiramalis, a couple of which are very famous, as Sa'inai and Shiramalas Mimamakim and uh Shira Malas Bushemasion. So we know that the bunch of them are well known. We don't know all of them usually, but says the Gemara, what were they for? Omar Lay. He says back to Al-Khizda, Kara David Shisin, when David uh, was Carving out the holes underneath the mizbeach so that the Nisu hamayim and nisuch could drip into there. Kafa Tahoma, he uh, saw that the water levels were rising. Obaya and there was a risk of that water um, coming to uh, to flood the world. al we know that that's been happening around the world. There was just a flood here in America, very dangerous. So he was concerned about that. Obviously, Amar David So he says fifteen of the and all of a sudden the level of water goes down. Okay, so it says the Gemara, if he said, Shir which means the songs of ascent, and the water level went down, the language is wrong. It should be that they were going down, not coming off. He says, Ah. You're right, now that you've reminded me, this is actually the right thing that Rav Yochanan said, which explains how we got to the Shir hama'alos, the songs of ascent, the upward references. Says the Gemara, When Dava was digging out the well springs underneath the Mikdash, the water levels rose, and the concern was that it was going to flood the world. Omar David, David said, Do you know anyone, and does anyone know the halacha, are you allowed to write down a Kadosh Baruch name, a chaspa, top of Bays, on a piece of pottery, and we can then throw it into the wellspring, into the underbelly, that huge canyon underneath, uh, to make the waters calm. It says the Gemara, manach will put them there, answers the Gemara, deka amar Midi." nobody responded. And then David got very, very serious. Omar David called Yodala May Marveino Omer Yechanek Begrono. This line is Omer Dorsheni. Anyone who says, Anyone who, who knows and doesn't say, they will be punished by strangulation in their throat. Again, this requires commentary, but we're going to continue, not for now. Says the Gemara, at that point, even though this wasn't the Pasuk and Talacha at that time, Achitofel uh, didn't want to die, and he had a tzustel to make, so he had a kalvachomer to share. So what was his kalvachomer? fourth line? As we know from the world of Sota. Just like when it comes to a husband and a wife, where there is a husband who's that his wife's, wife was involved in Bikina and Stira, she might have been alone with another man, Amratora, um, Shmi whose name can be erased in water. So then Lasso, Shalom Khola, Olam Kulo, to save the whole world from a flood. Allah has come, Vikama. So therefore, he made that cheshman in his head. And therefore, he says out loud to David Amr Leishari. It's absolutely permissible. Achitofel was one of the rabbim of David. That even makes the question stranger, that he was using such a sharp language with his Rebbe. If you don't tell me where you're going to stray. Very strange. Very difficult. Anyway, says the Gemara, eight lines down, Nun gimel amad beis, kosav sheim achas. So David Taka wrote the name of a Kadosh Baruch on a piece of pottery, the Shadila tohoma, and he threw it into the wellspring. The Nachis Shis Sar Alfe garmidi. And the water level went down 16,000 amos. When he saw that it went down a lot, Omar, Kama oh, de we do want to keep the world to be moist, and he wanted the water level to be a little bit higher. That was too low. So he wanted it to be a little higher. Then here's where the answer to our question comes in. We said, why is it called Shiramalos? Malos? The Gemara answers, Omar, what did David then do? He said, 15 prakam of the hill. And then the water Elevated chamesar alfei garmidi. It went up fifteen thousand amos from its depths from sixteen veukme bealfei garmidi, and it then was only one thousand amos off the depth of floor, a floor level of ground level. Amarula he says shma mina sumcha deara garmidi, and therefore. Um, it's very simple, what Ula is saying, it seems, is that in order for one to get to water, you have to dig 1,000 amos. Says the Gemara, it's just not really true. Two lines before the wide lines, on, on We see um, often, in fact, possibly always, that nobody has to dig 1,000 amos, 1,500 feet, in order to get to water. To People can dig just small amounts, and still tap into a stream of water. So, why, why are you saying that that's necessarily the case? It says, the Gemara Amara Mashar Shia, whom is Sulma Depras. That's the water that you're tapping into. You're right. That's called Sulma Depras. Those are the small streams of the Euphrates. They're not so far underground. But that's not what, that's not this wellspring. The wellspring of David Taka is a thousand almost below water. That's the water that you're tapping into. Isn't that water? So, that was Abaye's point is that his water line is 1,000 almost below. First of the very long, line, long lines, the Amdu Kohan Bishar Ha'elion Sheyorei. Uh, we know that there were two Kohanim, and the Mishnah says they were with Chatzotros, and they were standing up on the elevated part of the Mizbeach and going down the 15 stairs. And then the Gemara said that they uh, got to the 10th stair. So it says the Gemara, I don't understand. When it says that it got to the 10th stair, was it Lamala? A series de nachis chamisha Vikoi Asura. Is it that you went down five of the fifteen and you're standing on the tenth stair, so you're two thirds of the way up the stairs, looking down at the Ezra's Nashim. Oh Dilma, or perhaps the nachis asara. Maybe what it means is that you went down ten of the fifteen stairs. You're two thirds of the way down, uh a and you're five off of the floor level of the Ezra's Nashim, Says the Gemara. Take we don't know. Yitzhak will find out the Quran says the Gemara, the Brisa writes, Tanu Rabbanan, Mimash, Maruf Arufneim, Kedma, Because, as we saw in the Mishnah, that the previous generation, in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, Rishon, what happened was that when the Kohanim there, who were of the Avodah Zara, some of them, when they were leaving the eastern gate, they kept their back to, um, to the Hechal and they faced the sun, and they bowed to the sun, which, of course, is Mamash Avodah That's terrible. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If the Pasuk says, Ufneim, Kedma, three lines into the wide lines, if they're facing east, then of course their back is, is, is to the heichal. If You don't have to say both. We don't waste real estate when it comes to text. We don't do that at all. So therefore there has to be something. So why did it say that they were playing Kedma and Achorehem El Hashem? Says the Gemara something awful. What does it mean if it says Kaidma, Why then did it have to add Ahorem that their backs were facing the heichal? they would um, they would remove some of their clothing uh, so that their backside was facing the heichal. Umas klape mata. Awful, and they would defecate in a very brazen rebellion against the uh, against the Beis against the Kodesh Baruch Hu. So that's what the pasuk means. It wasn't Stam that they were sun worshippers; they also were extremely, remarkably brazen and disrespectful toward the Beis mikdash. It's just hard to understand. We would we pine for the Beis mikdash all the time. How could anyone? It's so hard to understand. We're at the two dots, almost halfway down, right before the next mishnah. Last halachik sugya for the night, and we will then stop at the mishnah. Anulaka It seems to be that in this iteration, after we are decrying the activities of the Bale avodah and we're telling the Barhu baruch Hu that we're it, we we do what you want us to do, and we're with you. The problem the gemara picks up on is it, that it says Hashem's name twice. Anulaka Uluka enenu. So, how can you say both? Asks the Gemara Aini. This is a well-known Gemara as well. Rebizera Rabbi Zera taught us Kola omer Shema Shema anyone who says Shema twice, anyone who says Modim twice, it leaves this imp- implication that there's more than one deity. And therefore the Gemara says, so elsewhere, the Gemara says that that person can't be the Chaz and something's wrong. So you got to check uh, check into them. So And if that's true, then maybe by extrapolation, maybe in Dover L'soch Davar, if it's true by Shema Shema and by Modim Modim, then maybe it's true over here by saying Ka and Ka, by saying one phrase with Hashem's name referenced twice, so maybe we should say that you're not allowed to say that, says the Gemara, really what you should understand is as follows. Hey, mishtach they are bowing east, those idol worshipers of the first Basimikdash era, the Anulaka, that's number one. And then the Eineinu mm-hmm. Laka, we also look forward to building a relationship with you. We look forward to you. So they're really two parts of one idea, but not two ideas that are distinct, thereby looking like the modem, modem issues. We will stop right here at the Mishnah in the middle of Nun Gimel Bays, wishing you all a beautiful night.